seven pitch. Harper hits one in the air, left center field, back it goes. Harper, the swing of his life. It is Bedlam at the bank. Swung on, hit it, crossed, and the Phillies are going to lead it. Four to nothing. Now Harper sends one in the air, way back to right center. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Government Podcast. Colin Daly, Ben Goldstein. My arm is exhausted. My brain is exhausted. But there are some people who are not exhausted, Ben, and that are that is the 26 of the active Phillies who carried this team to the National League Championship Series for the second year in a row. It was the San Diego Padres in 2022. This year, they're going to stay out west facing the Arizona Diamondbacks. Seven-game series. The stage is big. The moment is big. And the fightings are big, Ben. The what was it like at the games? The Fightins certainly are big. And man, what an absolute showing against the quote-unquote best offense in baseball history in the Atlanta Braves. They tied the record for the most home runs in a single season in MLB history. They hit like, what, three home runs a series in four games? Yeah, three home runs in four games. They scored over 100 runs in the first inning. I don't remember this exact number, but an incredible number of runs in the first inning of the games this regular season. Zero runs in the first inning of the LODS. The Phillies pitching was incredible against this uh, Braves lineup, and the Phillies van 11 home runs in four games. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was a great offensive showing from Philadelphia. Obviously, the Braves did not play their best this weekend. There are going to be people out there trying to tell you that it was because of the extended break that they had. I think that's ridiculous. The Houston Astros are fine. The Baltimore Orioles have a separate problem. Los Angeles Dodgers' key players just forgot how to hit. Freeman and Betts went a combined one for 21, and I believe that one hit was an infield single. Correct. And the Atlanta Braves, unfortunately, did not have it going for them this weekend either. Um, I don't think the downtime affected the Braves, but I definitely think that the momentum carried the Phillies. Yeah, um, that's that's part of it with this um this scheduling is that if you're if you're hot coming out of the wild card, you're going to stay hot, and that's why it's kind of also hard to take a five day break, um, in baseball, especially heading into the postseason, playing a hot team. And the Phillies were coming off their best two games played of the season against the Marlins. I mean, those were two incredible games. And they come into Atlanta and steal one in game one. I forget what the exact final score was, but it was it was a real showing in that game one. Game two, obviously, didn't go the Phillies' way. They got off to a great start, though. Game three was home run Palooza for the Phillies. And that last night in game four, um, Phillies pitching pulled it out once again. An incredible performance this past week by the Phillies. And they continue to play their best ball in October. I mean, how many we've been saying this for the past two seasons, but there's just something about this team when it comes to October. They are just built 
for October. They built for Red October. They built to see 45,000 people at Citizens Bank Park every night. And, man, and, and really, this team is 45,026 people. Uh, 26 guys in the dugout, 45,000 in the stands. Um, it's, it's incredible what goes on in this city with this baseball team. And I think I'm going to point out as we get into into the heart of our pod today, the Phillies offense, right? Yeah. They're winning games. And in the playoffs, that's all we care about, right? If you go 0 for 4, every day is a new day. We're not going to worry about statistics and the numbers. And it doesn't make sense in the postseason. It's like playing, it's like playing a mini season uh, kind of in and of itself. But I do want to take a second to look at the numbers because if you compare the Phillies, like, I mean – People will tell you that 2022 is a, a fluke for the Phillies. Some people are going to tell you that the team wasn't that good. Some people might even tell you that the team this year is no better or even worse than it was last year. And unfortunately for those people, that is simply not true. Here, I'm just going to read off something. I, I have pulled up on both sides of my screen here. Their numbers from postseason right now compared to the numbers uh, from all of the postseason last year. JT Realmuto last year was hitting 215 with a 661 OPS. So far, he's hitting 273 with a 969 OPS. Brandon Marsh, 179, 683, 357, 1043. Bryson Stott, 238, 673. This season, last season, 136, 482. Alec Bohm. Season, he only hit 224. The numbers aren't there yet, but I have confidence this postseason he's going to bring that up. And I could keep going with this. Nick Castellanos, 391, 1440 this postseason, last postseason, his OPS, 478 average, just 185. Gene Segura, 214, 500. Matt Veerling, 154. Edmundo Sosa, 250. I mean, across the board, the numbers are better from 2023 it's not even up for debate and i mean kyle schwarber has still had some he's only hitting 160 but he has had some pretty big base hits for the phillies in the earlier part of the postseason he had a couple i wouldn't call them huge hits but relevant hits in the marlins series that really helped propel them to that victory so calling this phillies offensive fluke or an exception is just ridiculous can't stand it yeah, I mean, this offense is the real deal. And you see, you just read out the numbers. Like, if any team is going to win the World Series in, for the Phillies, it's going to be this year. You see how Harper's been playing. He obviously got that extra motivation from Orlando Arcia, which we'll get to in a little bit. Trey Turner is playing great baseball. Again, his defense needs to be cleaned up a little bit, but the offensive side of the ball, he's been producing. He had three home runs in his last two games. <laughs> He's hitting 500. Two home runs the last two games. And, oh, my God, Nick Castellanos, I'm wearing his jersey right now. The As man is be. on a different planet. Four home runs in his last two games. He's just – all the guy is doing is hitting the ball out of the ballpark, and it's insane. Yeah, it is. He, he has been awesome. Turner, Harper, I mean, those are your, those are your three guys, right? That you're expecting to be your all-around five-tool hitters this time of the year. Harper, 
Castellanos, and Trey Turner. You've got a guy who's hitting 500 with a 1455 OPS. The other one's hitting 368 with a 1380 OPS. The last one, he's hitting 391 with a 1440 OPS and set a record for being the only player in Major League history to hit two home runs multi, in back-to-back games. Multiple, multi-home run games in back-to-back games in the postseason, which I think that is on – I I didn't even – like, that didn't, like – I didn't think that was true for a little bit because you think of all these incredible base, these incredible home run headers that played this game. Babe Ruth, Albert Pujols, Barry Bonds, David Ortiz. And the guy, the first guy to do it is Nick Castellanos. Wow. I mean, that's, and then also Trey Turner, four for four in game four. A lot of fours in that one. First Philly to ever have four hits in a postseason game. First ever with Mike Schmidt, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins. I mean, come on. Yeah. I'll tell you, I've got nothing to complain about today, which is rare for me. Wow. I mean, the bullpen has been outstanding um, from your, your, your top guys to the guys who've been eating some innings for us. The offense has done everything they've needed to do. Starting pitching, I, I actually don't think you could ask for anything more. Mm-hmm. Like I can't even think of one, one. There's no, there is n- all three of those guys were ten out of ten, hundred percent A plus, and truthfully, Rob Thompson. Yeah, I mean, again, wow. managed an incredible series. He um in game one he managed the living crap out of that game. He pulled Ranger Suarez through three and two thirds. And he was just clicking all the right buttons. Game two, not so much. But I want to stay positive in this podcast. I could go off the rails about that game, but the Phillies won the series. That game is irrelevant. And it's just last night especially when Strom came into the game and he put Kimber out there for an extra inning. All these – I just have to stop just thinking Nick – I just need to trust Rob Thompson. And I've been trying to tell myself this for the last year. And I think I've officially accepted that I'm no longer going to ever complain or ask questions about what Rob Thompson does and just ride with Philly Rob. Because, man, all he does is click the right buttons at the right time. You saw Matt Strom in the ninth inning of game four. I did not think Strom was going to go out there. I was thinking maybe Jeff Hoffman could go out there, get a little bit of a revenge. You could put Orion Kirkwing out there. I bet Orion Kirkwing's dead after game three, by the way. But just all of oh, these cool. all of these like insane like moves that you just aren't expecting. Rob Thompson's doing those and they're all working. And it is really, it's really, it's 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 very impressive. And it's all it is, it's it's incredible. So I told you I couldn't find anything to complain about, but I think I lied to you. Oh so no. No, it's not about the Phillies. Oh, well, kind of. It's sort of. It's, so, you, you mentioned how we have to trust Rob Thompson. He makes all the right decisions, etc. But, so, I don't think it's far fetched to say that his 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 style of management in Game One was atypical for Thompson, atypical for the Phillies, and pretty out of the ordinary. If that completely backfired. Oh. What do you think would be happening to Rob Thompson right now? Well, 
the Phillies lose that game one, then they lose. I think it's a different story in game two. I think they come out and win that game, and they still win this series because Atlanta was not winning in Philadelphia. Um, I don't know why I said Philadelphia like that. That was weird. Um, but it's I just don't think it would have mattered because I still think the Phillies win this series even with a game one loss. So. Yeah, make That's that cool. face. Yeah, the Phillies were winning that. The Phillies, this team has it, man. This team has it. They are so good when they get, as Nick Castellano said, they are really, they are play their best when they get punched in the mouth. And they got punched in the face game two. They would have gotten punched in their face game one. And they would have came out in game two and win that game to win three straight. And we would have had the same story. So I, I think. Unless Scott forbid something happens in that game too, and the Phillies go down on two, Rob Thompson might be uh, it might be a little iffy. We might be playing a game on Saturday, but we're not. And I don't want to look at it like God, like if something happens that game. What I want to look at it how it is. The Phillies won. Rob Thompson clicked the right buttons at the right time, and the Phillies go to the National League Championship Series for the second straight year. Yeah. <sighs> What do you think the biggest issue with the Braves was this week? I mean, their pit, other than game three, I think their pitching was fine. I oh, think yeah. So. I mean, Strider was great. Strider was, was, ve- he was Strider, very good. He, he wasn't normal Spencer Strider, but he gave up. I think three. game game one was normal. Game Spencer one, Strider. he was. Game one, he was good. He gave up the two runs. Um, there was nothing really you could do against Harper. He kind of owned Strider. And then. Like first inning, uh, RBI, you know, whatever. But other than that, Strider was really, really good. He only made a few mistakes, like two mistakes in that game. Um, yeah, one earned run, I think. So, yeah. And then game four, he, um, I, I just think the crowd, I think he still pitched good, uh, but he only got through what five and a third, and the crowd five got and two thirds, yeah, five and two thirds. The crowd got the crowd got to him. Um, he said multiple times he doesn't like crowd noise, which is. Interesting, but um, I think the I I think he pitched good enough to put the Braves in a position to win. So the pitching was fine. The Braves' offense completely died in this series again. Again, yeah, it was strange. It was really strange. They were over five with runners in scoring position in game number four. They left eight guys on base. There was the Riley home run. Sean Murphy had a couple total bases. Same with Olsen, Riley. Um, but they've had some real killer plays. I mean, Acuna Jr. left three runners in scoring position with two outs. Von Grissom left runners in scoring position with two outs. Ozuna had a costly double play. I mean, they couldn't get anything going for them throughout the series. And it, it, Again, like you said it, I'm going to say it again. Spencer Strider pitched very, very well. Very well. There was nothing more that he could have done in game one. And sure, he wasn't fully on his on his game uh, yesterday, but the Braves should still be able to compensate for three runs. I mean, six. he pitched into the sixth inning. He allowed three runs for a team that, like you, you said too, the quote-unquote best offense in baseball history. Really should have been able to outperform the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies' offense was good. It wasn't great. They scored. They had that one big game. That was awesome. But three runs, four runs, 
This is on the Braves. Um, I still I think the Phillies won this series. Um, the Braves. Oh, 100%. Not, they outplayed the Braves. Their pitching. The Phillies was great. absolutely outplayed the Braves. The Phillies. And we can't just say like the Braves' offense is why they lost the game. No, the Phillies' pitching was really freaking good. Um, and they really, they, as nervous as I was against the Braves, which I really, you know, I wasn't crazy nervous because I know how the Braves are and I know how the Phillies are, and I've been very confident about this team in the last two seasons. Um. I I just think the Phillies the Phillies pitching outpitched the Braves offense, which is if you told me that would happen earlier this season, I would have said you're crazy. But the Phillies pitching won them this series. And also a comment about Ronald Acuna Jr. Something happens to him in the postseason where he is just not he it looks like he's playing in April. He wasn't hustling to first base. He wasn't he didn't look he was he didn't really look serious at the plate. And it was just I felt like an MVP produces I know the MVP is a regular season award, which I think is ridiculous, but the MVP is a regular season award. Why is that ridiculous? Because they should take postseason into consideration. The MVP gets RBIs in the postseason. An MVP Bryce. doesn't just produce. Well, that's Bryce also, Harper. I don't think he, uh, Bryce Harper should have won the MVP in 2021. Really? As much as I love Bryce Harper, so the who MVP, should it have been? I don't know. I have to go back and look back at that season, but um, I maybe I don't know. I'd have to look so back. So hold on. So, so you're saying if there is a clear cut winner during the regular season, that could get he that person could get bumped out by someone who performs well in the postseason. Hey, when but it really that when player it, who performed well in the regular season doesn't have the opportunity to perform well in the, well, the postseason. Well, then it's different. But like, if like, if well, how's also, that different? Well, Shohei Otani is a different story. But Acuna, with the best team, with one of the best teams in MLB history, facing the Phillies, and it's a series they're expected to win, and him not getting a single RBI, he had about two hits. He I, did he steal a base all series? No, I don't think so. Acuna had a terrible series, again, against the Phillies. So a real MVP steps up and makes things happen. Acuna did not do that. Although he might have uh, in game four against Kimball to end the seventh inning, but Johan Rojas is just the man out there in center field. What a catch, crashing into the wall. Um, If there's anybody else out there that's probably a three-run double and maybe we have a different story, but... Acuna got unlucky. He hit it to the wrong guy out there. Um, but Acuna needs to deliver. And also, I think this is a good time to segue into um, Attaboy, uh, Orlando Arcia. Uh, the guy, he's an absolute, he's an idiot. <laughs> the only, the one guy you can't fire up is Bryce Harper um, because he will, he will tear you down. And that's exactly what he did rounding the bases twice in game three. That that whole thing was was weird. So I don't know. I didn't think the comment was overly egregious when it started. Like this isn't something that if someone was like, "Atta boy, Colin," I don't think I would have been wildly offended. I mean, now also I don't get like that very easily, so I may not be the best basis for that. But the whole we 
I should be able to say things in the locker room when there are reporters there and then not getting reported. That, that doesn't, that was ridiculous. First of all, the whole, anyone who, <laughs> I can't even take this conversation seriously. Anyone who uses the, you need to let me do my job is the most ridiculous thing. Because the people in there that aren't wearing a uniform, that are in the suits and are covering a team and are part of the press have a job to do too. Like, if you hit, if Ron Lecure, or who, uh, sorry, RC, if RC hits, or down and hits 189 next season, you know, can't make a play to save his life, he's going to lose his job. Yep. If a reporter is not reporting on the right stories or isn't reporting on anything at all, they're going to lose their job. So that is ridiculous. Secondly, every work, it's not like there is no work environment. Now I'm getting very general here, but I, this needs to be addressed. There is no work environment where it's like a quote-unquote safe space. Like, you can't just walk into the break room and say bad things about your manager and then expect that to not get – or your – I don't even care who, your manager, your CEO, and then expect it not to get back to that person. Hmm. Come on now. That, that was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean also – Wait until you get home. Yeah, um, something that we know in our business I've learned the hard way – um when when there's mics on the mic is hot and there were microphones in that clubhouse that were on there's reporters doing their job and it's just i mean if he it's was ignorant just, it's really it's, really ignorant yeah and then did you see what he was doing in game four he was going back at the phillies fans yeah dug out like man the guy is i get he's a rookie but what are you? Yeah, what are you? No, Archie's not a rookie. Oh, he's not? What is he? No, you're thinking of Grissom. Oh. Archie's been in the league for like eight years, I think. He played the Brewers beforehand. All right, so he's just he's just an idiot. He just doesn't, he just... It's like, it's it's a weird situation because it's just how does like, how do you, you need to know like when to filter on and filter off, especially with media. And to say that the clubhouse is a sanctuary it's not a sanctuary when you have 50 members of the media in your clubhouse it's just like come on it's like come on yeah you're totally right you're totally right like just because you're a baseball player doesn't mean that your work environment's different like sure do you have a cool job yeah you do are you better than a lot of people athletically sure but you still have the exact you very similar work environments to everyone else so you do not get an exception. You are not at a higher level than the people that are also trying to do their jobs in the same environment. That made me super frustrated. I honestly could not care less about the comment. I'm sure that stuff gets said all the time just because it's the Phillies and Braves, because it's Bryce Harper and the Braves, because the postseason, it was more... There's more cover. More regarded, but his response was very, very ignorant. Yeah, um... And it, it it got the Harper, and man, did he take advantage of it. Game three, the first game back, he hits the ball off the facing of the third deck. Then he hits another one into the bushes in center field. Both times, he stares down Arcia rounding second base. And wow, what a post-game interview from, Brad, from Bryce Harper after that game. Um, just so many iconic quotes came out of that. And... 
I forget who put it. I think Jack Fritz put it out. But that that stare down photo is our generation's Allen Iverson step over picture. Pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, and to say I was there to see it was uh, I didn't even realize that he looked and that he stared him down when I was there because I was too busy celebrating. I didn't even look at him around the bases. Um, but yeah, it was pretty um, it was pretty cool. What was your take on uh, on Snicker having Von Grissom pinch hit to end the game last night? <laughs> uh, a like sign. He- uh, waving the white, waving the white flag, um, is how I took that one. I, I just, I didn't really take it seriously. Um, I, and that's kind of when I started to, um, get my final score post ready and begin celebrating. Um, but that was, I just, I don't get it. Um, it's there's still a game going on. There's still a chance you can win this game. The runners on and. Matt Schraub's not the greatest pitcher in the world. Um, I, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was very, it was bad managed, is what basically. Well, I mean, yeah, and obviously the, the Grissom move wasn't the bad management. There is the fact that he had four people penciled into that spot in the lineup throughout the game, right? Because Harris yeah. started in center field, they pinch hit Darno, and they brought in Nicky Lopez. It's a mess, right? In the postseason, he clearly did not think ahead. Because you'd much rather have Harris or Darneau hitting in that spot than Grissom or Nicky Lopez. And Nicky Lopez doesn't have a hit, unfortunately. That was their um, their trade deadline acquisition. They acquired Lopez from the Royals. He's a veteran infielder. Darneau, again, not really sure what the point is. Like, that he walked and then got immediately taken out of the game for a pinch runner. Also not sure what their plan was if they had to use another catcher. So, I mean, it was some really, really dumb management he, Snicker also used the exact same relievers over and over again throughout the series. So I definitely think that helped the Phillies knowing what they were going to see out of guys like Pierce Johnson and A.J. Minter, who they face a lot during the regular season. Like there were guys that I think are very good or have the potential to be good in the Braves bullpen. They could have mixed in there and showed some different pitches, some different angles, some different looks. And they just kept trying out the same guys that I'm sure they've read dozens and dozens of heat charts and maps and scattering reports on. So. Yeah, and then having forced wall ground to center field didn't make sense either because his spot came back up in the lineup, which it did, and they had to have Rosario pinch hit. I don't know. It was really, really confusing, to say the least. Yeah, the Rob Thompson definitely managed. Uh, the, he outmanaged him. He completely outmanaged Brian Sefton. Um, And I think that's also part of the reason the Phillies won the series. It's just the managing from Rob Thompson. Um, it's And also – I think I've officially proved to Colin that home field and the crowd. You have done that, yeah. It makes a difference. It absolutely makes a difference. Colin, explain your reasoning for me changing your mind. How did it happen? I don't actually remember. There was, I did have a good reason, and I can't remember what it was. Um, Honestly, I think it's this. I feel like this is one of the more open Phillies teams we've had in the past few years. Mm I think there have been a lot more, like, moments to remember come out of this season. Like, last year, obviously, the Phillies were a very, very fun team to follow. You know, they, they were calling the Vibe Squad or whatever yeah, they were calling them whatever. last year. But um, this team is definitely more – I feel like I've seen more interviews and and I've read more about, you know, the 
the inner connections or the intra connections within the Phillies. And this, this, I this, think it has, yeah. I don't, and truthfully, I don't necessarily think that fans, now let's, I'm sorry, let me rephrase. It's not 100% the fans. I it's think a, it's it makes the players. I think it's the players feed off the fans and yep. fans feed off the players. It's a two way thing. Well, that's, that's, that's absolutely what happens. Um, and that's why they, that's why it's just this team is built for Philadelphia. There's never been a team in Philadelphia that has been like this ever. Maybe except the 70s Flyers who were all, you know, the, they were the Broad Street bullies. Um, but this, this Phillies team is really what every, everybody in the lineup, one through nine, all starting pitchers, the whole bullpen, they are all made. For Philadelphia. And Bryce Harper said right. it today. You're right. So I, I've been thinking. Oh, no. I've been, I've been thinking about this for the last like two weeks and I can't get it off my mind. So, yes, you are 100% right. This team is epic. I'm not even going to deny that. But you, there is no, there is no chance that all 26 of these guys, or I don't even know, let's say for the sake of this, we'll say all. 40 of the guys, because, I mean, there's the guys who are on the roster right now, but they were for a good amount of the season uh, or have been in the roster through Marquez, Nick Nelson, Weston Wilson, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There has to be one who doesn't like it, who thinks that these guys are a whole bunch of obnoxious weirdos. Oh, that's like, absolutely. Who do you think that? Absolutely, Nick Nelson. Absolutely. You think it's Nick Nelson? Absolutely. That guy's a weirdo. Or maybe, Why? um, I don't know. It's just a random. But, like, I just think everybody likes him. I, I, I don't. I don't think there's a single guy. I think no, there has to be. No, there, 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 everybody a hundred percent someone who thinks like the Philly fans are annoying or Bryce Harper and his pandering's weird. No, no there, there has to be someone. When you've been there all season and you you're in that dugout and you've played baseball your whole life, waiting for this moment to have the crowd like this, it's like it's. It's it's a it's a, no you no everybody likes it. there's not a single guy on this team except maybe some guys that have passed through maybe Rodolfo Castro doesn't like it um but there's not a single guy that, I don't now like. there there has to be someone who thinks like Bryce Harper's a jerk J T Almuto is not the best catcher in baseball because he's not but you know well I'll, come on now let's I think we're we're past that he's like 105 and Rushman. <laughs> And, you know, Will Smith and Sean Murphy and all right, all right. but no, there there has to be someone. And well, I don't know who it is. I don't. I can tell you right now that we love the Phillies fans because we are the Phillies fans, and you can be part of that home field advantage with buying your tickets on SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the sponsor of this podcast, and they're sponsoring episode. Guess what episode this is, Colin? We have I think made it's 40, it. Right? We have made it to episode number 40 of the Bell Ringers podcast. We brought this back, what was it, last season, and we're up to 40. So that's very exciting. Um, so seek it, uh when you're buying your tickets, use code Philly Sports Support and save $20 off your first purchase. That's gonna do it from us. Um, we will be back with you for the NLCS preview as the Phillies take on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Go follow us on all of our social medias. Uh, YouTube links in the description, Spotify, but wherever else you're listening, Philly Sports Sports, we're everywhere.
Thank you guys very much for watching, and we'll be with you for the NLCS preview. Go Phils! Go Phils. Thanks for listening, everybody.